0: Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast show with me, Michael Tinkster. We are on a mission to share what Maverick leaders know and do to build businesses that deliver strong results and positive impact on people, society and the planet. Thank you to our brand partner, Simply for sponsoring this episode. BizSimple is the all-in-one workforce management software that enables your business to become more efficient and profitable. The software designed and built by hospitality experts to enhance the way shift oriented operators manage their business, optimize their entire people journey, and making every shift run like clockwork. And we joined forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, how we grow, and how we serve our customers. Together, we wanted to share strategies and tools to make the industry thrive long-term.
1: Yeah, of course, you want to make, you want to have a profitable business, but you also want to have a good impact in, in the world. And I think if sometimes we would allow ourselves to feel more and think a bit less, I think we would make sometimes better decisions. No matter what, even what's the outcome, you will be happier. If we make decisions based on rational facts, sometimes they may be the most rational decision, but it's not what is best for us or for the community or for the people that are around you. I think
0: we need to feel it. This is the amazing human being Pilar García, founder of Pendulo. Pendulo is the online software that helps independent restaurants, pubs and cafes getting clarity on the most important KPIs and thereby helping them to achieve more profitability. Our vision for this conversation was, of course, to get a better understanding about how you can make a more profitable business but also how you get most out of your entrepreneurial journey and Pilar as you will learn in this conversation has a fascinating journey from working in a bank to working with maverick restaurant businesses like Brindisi and ceviche in london we talk about how tech can help small operators to get better understanding of what they need to focusing on to make a more profitable business, what she learned from facing obstacles on her entrepreneurial journey. We visit her favorite books. Yes, one of them is also one of mine. Who Moved My Cheese with the late Spencer Johnson and her top tips to how you can boost your productivity and focus as a leader and business owner. And I promise you much, much, much more. If you like today's episode, it will mean the world to me. If you could leave a review of the show on our website, Apple Podcast on Spotify. The better the views, the better the guest, and ultimately the better the learning is for you. This conversation will inspire you to rethink how you can make profitability in your business, how you ultimately build a more impactful business over Today we will be talking about something I quite early on my journey because I had a boss so was really good at learning me this became quite obsessed about and not in an obsessed in a bad way I would say but actually understanding that profitability is key in any business and especially if you want to do good as a business as well because there's no profit, there's no survival and you can't do any good with your business. And therefore, I'm really looking forward to have today's conversation actually, where we're gonna be, we discussed a bit about the vision, but actually we talked a lot about in the end, how can we actually get some tools to make restaurants more profitable? And today we have a great guest here, and I would like to welcome you, Pilar, to the show. I'm really honored We, we finally made it happen. We actually talked for a long time to do this conversation
1: yeah you're right michael thank you for having me i follow hospitality mavericks and i'm very happy to be here with you and have this conversation
0: can 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 you uh, give a little bit of context to because i think there will be people nodding when you start telling about your background who you are and how you actually came to create a tool platform that actually helps restaurants get profitable. They'll probably think I've probably heard about this before. but could you tell a bit about you know your journey, how you ended up in hospitality, how you actually ended up launching a platform that helps restaurants creating more profit?
1: Okay, so I'm gonna try to be brief because you know it's a long story, but I studied business. Uh, I'm Spanish I studied business in Spain and I always wanted to work in a bank and then I did work in a bank for five years and I absolutely hated it so I quit and and then I was lucky enough to get uh, in part of a program of the foreign office of Spain and so I did my master's in international trade and with this program I was sent to South Africa to work in the foreign office. And I was working with food and drinks, with people that actually wanted to import, export food and drinks there, like companies from Spain. So that was my first contact with hospitality because we have a group of restaurants that were wanting to start their journey in South Africa. So I have to do a market research and talk to all the players. And that was really fascinating. And then as part of this program, the following year, I went to Mexico to work with uh, González Baez. Um, they are a big, big wine company in Spain and all over the world. And I was working there as a marketing manager for like promoting all the wines in the country. And after that program finished, I, I came to London. And I said, well, I'm going to, you know... I'll be a waitress while I pay my bills and I find something related to, you know, business. But then while I was working, I started working at Brindisa, Brindisa Tapas Kitchens was called in, And then an opportunity came up in in head office and I just fell in love with hospitality. I think it happens to a lot of us, Michael, that it it wouldn't be like something that you're like, oh, I really want to work in hospitality. But then when you get, there, you just love it I think it's because it's very tangible. You can, you see that you're making people happy through food and the experience. And, and usually people that work in hospitality are really nice or that's my experience. So I've, I think, yeah, I've never looked back. I don't want to work in any other industry. Um, so that's how I landed in hospitality.
0: And your role at Brandesa, what was that? What was the kind of role you took on in the, in the, the head office at that time?
1: Well, at that time, they had three restaurants in central London, and the head office was the executive chef, uh, the general manager, and myself. So basically, I had to do HR, I had to do marketing, I would support the chefs with, um, you know, food cost and Excel. And, you know, so it was great, because I was a lot of the head office and I had a lot to do. And they gave me a lot of it was a great opportunity, opportunity because the more questions I ask and I say, "Can I do this?" or "How can I?" I will get more and more, and it was it was great for learning because I I understood the whole picture of how the restaurants worked, um and also the head office was on top of one of the restaurants. So eventually, it would be like, "Oh, we don't have any hosts Can you go down?" It's like, "Yep." <laughs> so I was still like really part of the restaurant and and supporting the team in any single way. So I think that was brilliant because if you're in a big head office you don't you don't get all the parts of the puzzle
0: also what you you've done now you actually understood how different things impacts the business and how actually every penny runs around the business i guess in a way so so talk a bit more about then you know further on the journey what happened then after you you fell in love with hospitality, Work for Brindisa, which is a, it's a great business. Uh, Monica has been on the show as well, talking about that journey and the impact they're doing for bringing better food to the UK and so on.
1: Yeah, I actually bring, uh, you know, Monica and Brindisa had a massive impact on me as well, because Monica has this um, passion for good product. And she also has great efforts behind it um so i wanted my company to be like that to care and we really care for our restaurants and for our users and we want to make their life easier but also brindisa has another owner as well brindisa kitchens has a um, financial controller at the time that is he i learned a lot from him about financing hospitality because it's a very different business than any other. Because as you know, our food margins are varying all the time. So there are certain figures that are critical, like your food costs and your staff cost. And so that really helped me a lot. And and then and, and then I had a lot of experience working with chefs. After I finished at Brindisa, I went to work with Ceviche when they were starting. So, when I left Brindisa, I think they had from three, they, they had six. And then when I started with Ceviche, they, they had two restaurants only. And again, I was doing a lot of things about like setting up uh, departments and structures and procedures. And, and I would work a lot with chefs. And I will go there with my spreadsheets and they will. They were so scared, like, oh, my God, what's that? all these numbers. And, and they are really wonderful people. And they, it was amazing how they hated these spreadsheets so much. And I always thought, what if I create something that they can understand? Because they all have a smartphone. They were checking. It was when Instagram. I had the idea when Instagram was all over the place. with. They, they were huge with the food porn. I don't know if you remember where everybody was posting football all the time and they were all checking. And I thought if I create something that like it's in their phones and it's easy for them to understand and that they are not scared of. And, and that's how Pendulo came together. You know, like just I would talk to them and they would say, What's your dream? And their dream was always, oh, I want to open my own restaurant. But if they don't understand their finances, they you know, it's going to be a hobby if you don't make it profitable. So I thought with Pendulo, they could see straight away if they were doing well or not, and they wouldn't have to complicate these spreadsheets or or anything hard to understand. And they would be able just to see if, if their business was on track at a glance. So that was what Pendulo was about, you know. I always have my I always say my chefs because I worked a lot with them, but it's true. I always have them in my head when I'm thinking of a new functionality or a new feature or anything, because it has to be easy for them. Yeah,
0: and then I guess that was like the birth of the platform, and that actually took you on the journey of creating this platform for for many restaurants.
1: Yeah, I mean really I had the idea in 2016. I think I registered the company just because I just had to register to start looking for how to develop it, no. Um, so I was developing it for a year and a half because I think I I just wanted it to be really, really good before I kind of took it to the next stage. So I, I quit my job in in at the end of 2017 so and i started to to work full-time on the app from 2018 and yeah and the journey was like you know you start from everything i didn't know how to build an app you know i it, it, it's a it's a bit it's hard work <laughs>
0: and what what, what was you like you know who was your first customer then because as you got the platform i guess you needed like a first customer and then where are you now with that
1: so i'm very happy that you asked me this question because for me it's kind of an exercise of gratitude um so the first user was um roberto uh, roberto from lobos so he used to work with me at bring and we were good friends so he would. he would check spreadsheets and the app at the same time. Um, and he would be giving me feedback if it works or not, if there was any problem uh, with any of the calculations or any glitch in the app or anything like that. So that was a brilliant help. And the, and the first paying customer was um, Paul Merritt. Um I got introduced to him by my former manager, Raquel, and uh, Paul is this fantastic chef and person. He's a, a very lovely guy. And he was part of the founders of AIR, Alliance of in, uh, Independent Restaurants. Um, and he, he saw it and he said, this is brilliant. And, and then he had three pups at the time. and And they, yeah, they started in the three pups, which it was great because for me, you know, in the the beginning, I I don't know if it happens to you, you're a bit scared and you're like, oh, is this great in my head, but it's not going to work or, and then he was like, no, no, this is brilliant. And they, I mean, I'm very happy that they still use it. Um, So yeah, but I think that it was a very special first because they give me the confidence to keep going, I think that's very important. That sometimes I think it happens to everyone that starts a business. You, you say you have your doubts and your fears. Um, it was great to have someone that knew the industry so well to tell me, "No, no, this is fantastic."
0: What is the uh, you know? So, so where are you now, and what is the you know? You call it vision or mission for for you now. What is it that you you are trying to to do?
1: We. Our mission is to support like local economy and, and independent restaurants and pubs and cafes, giving them very user-friendly restaurant tools so they can see their numbers very in a very easy way, uh, reducing the admin time. We focus a lot on integrating artificial intelligence in, in the app. So it reads with just a picture, it reads, the invoices or it will tell you the total the vat the number of the invoice and then you know it's, it's also going to tell you now all the products with the prices and it will give you the list and it will tell you if any of the prices have changed since the last invoice so it's always thinking how can we be better as an app to make their life easier so we want them to be able to check it straight away if a supplier has changed the price of something. Uh, you know, the, the app will tell them. Um, they will see if what's their spend, how much is the profit they made, the, the food cost, the drinks cost, absolutely everything just by taking a picture and just adding that in the app. So our mission is really to help all these restaurants, all these people that have little... Behind all the independence, I find like there is a dream of serving good food and making a living out of their passion, and um, my passion is to enable them to make that happen. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's absolute sense because also that's where you know in any business, you know, like lots of people talk about sales or they talk about they want to do all these things, but they can't be done if you from a baseline not make profit and the first place you need to make profit is on your gross profit and then there needs to be enough gross profits to cover the rest of the your viable cost to run the business operation cost so I think it's really, really relevant. And I think actually I I felt very lucky to, I actually learned around P and L from an early age, from a boss that actually sat me down and trained me in P and L or else I'll probably be quite clueless today with many things if I hadn't had that training because I, I, I didn't have a finance background, I have a, a, you know, operation marketing and sales background. So I think what is it that you'd learned then on that journey as you've been trying, because there is in principle in restaurants, this, in my view, perception that they are not very profitable and there's very slim margins you said so what are the some of the the barriers you have learned that actually maybe makes some restaurants not profitable um, because they don't have the tools really to have transparency of the where the business is
1: i think a lot of restaurants struggle because they are fire firefighting and actually they don't take i always say that you need to take one hour, two hours a week just to look at your numbers and to understand what's happening. Because a lot of people, you know, what happens is that they are operating and they look at their bank account and it's like, whoa, fantastic. We're making a lot of money. But then, you know, you pay your suppliers, you pay your staff. And then when you realize you are actually operating on a, on a loss and that's what happened to a lot of people in COVID that they were operating on a, on a loss. So then they didn't have, you know, funds to even keep up. But they didn't know that they were operating on a loss because they wouldn't check their numbers regularly. So I think, I mean, well, it was a challenge for everyone anyways. But I think that some people are just kind of surviving and they don't realize that if they stop, look at the numbers and tweak a few things in their food margins their drinks margins or how do they run their operations so they can uh, maybe adjust their staff cost or because in the end that's going to be around 60 or 65% of all your costs so they need to really keep that under control and have a look and one hour in the office a week sometimes is you know much more it makes you much more profitable than you know working you know, 20 hours a day, you know, because it's important to have the clear picture of what you need to improve.
0: What What is um, a typical problem you see your customers have when they decide to put take on the platform? What is like, what have they been looking for? Because I guess they don't go out and look for the platform, they somehow get it in front of themselves or hear about it. But like, what is the typical problems they want to solve with the platform first off?
1: Well, I think a lot of them, the problem they want to solve is that they, they think they know how they're doing, but, but they don't really know. If you ask them, what is your food cost? It would be r- around this or that, but it, it, it feels like a guess. So I think one of the problems they have is that then you need to create the habit of actually using a system because, of course, you need to use it. So I think for people that have never um, checked their figures at all, that is the biggest challenge for them. But then when they use it, it's it's very easy. It's just uh, they need to change the habit. And that's why in the beginning, I keep talking to every first, customer i i do a little bit i'm a consultant and i'm a trainer as well and that's what i try to do do a bit of consultancy and try to help them and if they stay with us fine and if not i just want to give them some tips and try to help them in any possible way that that's what i would say is their their biggest challenge is to create the habit when they don't have any of checking anything
0: that's yeah, it's interesting because almost like also they, I think I've seen as well that people don't know how to get to these numbers. So therefore they never check them. So they don't know how to potentially calculate your gross profit or they're not sure where all the costs are on all the invoices are and collecting that and getting that into the right categories and so on. So it's like there's a whole habit around how you approach finance and being disciplined. I guess around and making sure the input is there and that's what the platforms makes easy as well
1: yeah yeah we do all that with them so it's very easy then the only thing they need to do is take a picture and add it and that's it um but as you say it's it's yeah i think that people are intimidated by finance it's like uh, people are intimidated by maths and i do love numbers but i know a lot of people hate them and um, and I think that is the challenge. And and with Pendulum, we always wanted to break that barrier. And he's like, no, no, look, this is super easy. You take a picture, upload this, and then you will see all your graphs. Or where is your money going? You will know exactly in where are your sales coming from, where is your spend going, and what you need to adjust to improve. You know. And that really helps them because also they will see at a glance. Oh, today we didn't make any money, or in this week we made money or we didn't. So then they can make those changes. But is I don't even talk to them about finance when I'm with them. I just talk to them about yeah. And are you making are you making money? That's I don't like to even use like profit and loss, and I try to reduce finance terms as much as possible because what they care about is, like, am I making money at the end of the day?
0: We'll be back in a moment after a word from our brand partner, Bisimply and one of their customers, Goldex Investment Group. They operate Costa Coffee and Kaspar's franchises, as well as workspaces. Now it's over to Himar Chandra, their head of operations. The biggest win with Bisimply was
1: Freeing up the store manager uh, from the workload they have for the week, scheduling and payroll plays a, a big part in the business. Obviously, it, it was taking over four hours a week for them before using Excel templates. They have to create the schedule beginning of the week, and they'd have to finalize at the end of the week uh, for payroll purposes, which was taking around four hours, like I said. Now, I think with would be simply we managed to reduce it down to 30 minutes or less. All they have to do is just finalize the, the payroll at the end of the week by pressing a button. It's that simple. So it saves us around three and a half hours a week per store, and that's the biggest win we've had uh, with Be Simply.
0: What's like um, one of the challenges you know you know um, you know you have faced yourself like as building out. platform what is one of the biggest challenges you've had because like it sounds like a very simple idea but as i know about how you get to your numbers it's also very complicated probably journey you've been on and you've been going now for almost six years isn't it six years this year um what is like some of the biggest challenge you've met on that journey and really bring that to life because like who didn't want to have their business on a you know one patron in, in a in a click out of a bottom.
1: Yeah, I think I have a few big challenges. Um, I think first to find the right people. I'm very happy with our development team, and we've been working together since the beginning. And to find that kind of loyalty nowadays in a develop in you know in a development team is very hard. Um, so that was a challenge to, to, to find them, but then I'm very happy about it. Uh, we had two massive challenges. One was COVID, like for all of us, you know, pendulum started to pick up, and then a lot of our customers closed. And, and then some of them couldn't reopen. Uh, we also decided, during COVID, we decided not to charge anyone for our services, So I know that a lot of other softwares out there were charging them, but I just saw that it wasn't right, you know? So we decided to, I did, we didn't charge them. I did consultancy and training for free. I created a lot of tutorials in YouTube just so people would understand finance and so they could train themselves for when COVID was gone. But that was a huge challenge because it was almost like, Starting again. I have to say. And also when COVID, when we started to recover from COVID, then people people in restaurants didn't worry so much about their cost at that time. Inflation hasn't gone crazy yet, but the problem was the staff. Nobody had staff. So nobody would listen because their biggest their biggest pain. It was not food cause or drinks cause or whatever. The the biggest pain was stuff. Was like, I need stuff to open. So in a way, it was kind of restarting Pendulo in a much harder environment. And then uh, the, the other challenge we faced, I don't know if you heard about this. It was in the news all over the world. Uh, in 2021, there was a fire in Strasbourg in in an OVH building and that may say nothing to you uh, but OVH it's a cloud the data center. So yeah the cloud uh, was burned. and we basically where we were keeping all, all, all our data and the backup of our data they were in different places and both of them, I were burnt in the fire. So at that moment, I remember thinking, this is starting from scratch. We did have the code, but we had, um, you know, we have lost the data from our customers, like the, the their data. So I decided to restart again. I, we didn't lose any of our customers. They all said, look, I I use Pendulo to make decisions on a weekly basis. We have downloaded the reports and they kept, we didn't lose one, the app was down for a week and we didn't lose one single customer. And I I think that's also because we always try to help them so much that they were like, no, we're here, it's fine, don't worry. You're like, you think you're, I was panicking. I thought like this is it, you know, it's, and they were like, don't worry, it's okay. but it was very scary. <laughs>
0: yeah, so it was like you saw the business was actually, you know, almost disappeared overnight.
1: I mean, that was crazy. I couldn't understand, you know. It, it, it's just in the beginning, all the technicalities. is like, yeah, but we have two backups because I knew that, you yeah, know, but both got burned. And, so I think that, well, now I have like four backups, I think. <laughs> so
0: definitely definitely uh what do you call it like uh, uh, uh you know, I wouldn't even call it obstacle like you've been some really you've been really tested hard if you want to bring this business to to the world because like it's in principle you were as you said there is a bit of a restart there besides you were you could do it a bit faster because you already built built the engine once but again like that must have been a huge 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 uh, challenge to get on that it's interesting you talk about this challenge around staffing is you know what 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 if you, i asked you you know you said the staffing was a challenge as, as i understand and what i feel is still a challenge it's still a, a, something that really impacts capacity and profitability as well in the businesses but what is your view what is like a, you know if you could take a magic wand and you know because you you said like really important for us to help the industry what challenge would you like to make disappear? What is one of the biggest one you think, if that disappeared, will become a bit easier to be a hospitality business?
1: And um, for me, one of the biggest challenges that we all have in hospitality, like um, it, it's mental health. I think mental health is. Uh, I, I I saw it since since I started i i have very healthy habits in my life and i felt like it was very hard to when i was working uh, at the floor as a waitress i found very hard to follow my routines that make me feel good and i never struggled with mental health but it was all around me and and then i could see like people you know taking even taking drugs to keep partying after they finished their shift because they knew they couldn't sleep. And some people taking drugs to sleep because um, you know, they were so exhausted and having different shifts, I think it's a struggle for a lot of people. And But in, in general, I find that there wasn't that much support and it was kind of not okay to talk about, I'm not okay, and, and I think that is changing. I think people now, I was, has more for, for help and they know that they can talk and their employers that have hotlines uh, so their team can call in case they have anxiety or they are having a little crisis and a lot of businesses are, you know, raising their voices to say, hey, we need to make this better. So I think that then, I think hospitality is a happy industry, but I think it would be much better if everybody could uh you know if we could sort out together and we could support all the people that have some struggles with mental health
0: yeah and then i think really like the last couple of years pressures that has been from everywhere on the industry has even put more light to it and i agree with you there's definitely more uh what you call it light shined on this issue but you can you know i think we all have had our scruples over the last couple of years if it was during the pandemic or in the aftermaths of the pandemic, it's like this constant wheel in food and drink that where that keeps on throwing in challenges, small and big ones, mostly big ones. And how do you actually keep on keep on doing it in that pace, you know, and the the pressure, even if you're in the top or you're on the floor, is just being pushed up and down all the time. So you're in this really pressure point all the time where you are dealing with your own thing but also other people's things and you are feeling that it's never enough you never you know you don't feel any bad balance as well so some people say this to me like
1: yeah i think that the people that stayed uh actually got a lot of pressure as you said because they were showing up and then maybe two other people weren't showing up so they were doing extra work and in the end that didn't Help them either, you know. Um, so I think it was also very good that, you know, there were signs in some restaurants like, "Hey, I'm 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 human. Be kind to me," <laughs> you know, because sometimes I guess that people forget that we are all humans and we just need to be kind to each other.
0: Yeah, I don't think like kindness is one of the biggest things you can come, and I think we showed a lot of that in the pandemic. But we, we'll have to keep on doing that especially as yes, we still are in in a new difficult period of time after you know when people call it post pandemic i just i don't know what i call it what's going on right now but i definitely feel like another little crisis is building up in general what is um what is it as, as yourself you know you have been through you just told the journey about like your business disappeared in a fire almost you know and what is like some of the most significant learnings you've done over the last couple of years, either as an individual or with the business, what's what like, what are you taking with you and what are you changing in principle?
1: So, I think the most important thing is to build. I mean, this is also for life, life and business. I think everything is the same. It's to build strong relationships. I think it's a very important. Learning what I've realized is, uh, you know, I kept the business because I had built strong relationships with my customers, and then they were like, "Yeah, that's fine, that's okay." Um, you also talk a lot about the one percent, or the one percent that you can do every day. I think that there are good days and there are bad days, but you just need to keep working, and you know, things will come your way because. If you keep working towards a goal, even if you think you're doing nothing, you're you're moving forward. you know So I think it's that don't stop working and but build strong relationships that helps you with everything business, life, and I think' it's key.
0: It's really interesting because like one of the things I look back, then you know that's you know you can come up with all the challenges has been in the last couple of years and yes, no one has gone unseen and how to change things. I would say as well for myself, it wasn't because of relationships or network effect or whatever you call it. I think also I would probably, You'll probably find it very hard still to be in food because i've probably gone and done something else but actually that was actually what kept it all together and actually created opportunities because i was as you as you say yourself just trying to work on the problem every day but also because there was actually people you build relationship with there was actually something extra that could be a door that got, got open it could it doesn't have to be money it could be a conversation that triggers something in your own head, and you said, "Oh yes, that's what I need to do." And having these strong relationship and mentors, or whatever you call them, really, really, really helps you in business. And you know, I see it time after time. They pay back, maybe not immediately, but sometime down the line, if you build strong relationship with the people and you invest in them, there will suddenly something happen that could never have happened. If you haven't done that initial investment into your relationship and choose them with care of course as well you are you are you are the the version of the people you surround yourself with and you get advice from uh, so i think that's a really good one what is um you one of this question is really relevant uh and i didn't know that by the about the fire actually but how do you actually make then like hard decisions because that was an example of a very hard decision how do you actually get to the point where you think okay this is how i'm going to deal with this decision because like that's like leaders are hit with tough decisions right now from everywhere
1: yeah i think Um, I come from a very conservative family because my parents were civil servants so they knew they were going to (laughs) get they were very risk averse and I was raised in that culture Um, so I usually, I used to put myself in the worst case scenario and say what's the worst thing that could happen? This. Can I take it? Yeah. Okay do it. That's how I used to think. But now it's very mixed with what would I do if I wasn't scared? And, and now the mix of the two give me the answer. And then I, I have the feel, think uh, discussion. So, you know, because sometimes I think fear paralyzes us. And, but do I want to keep supporting restaurants? Yes. Do I? Oh, it's scary to do it all over again, yes. And it really helped that every customer I talked to said, like, oh, no worries, you know, um, and that we had it back in a week. But it, you know, it was to make the decision because at one point, at that point, I remember saying, do I close the business or do I start over again? And I didn't know how the impact that the the, the impact that the fire had was much less. It was almost none. But I did I thought that it was gonna finish with the whole business uh, on, the, on that day on the day I found out um, So yeah that's how I make decisions. I think that everybody is different and there are people you know if you have a family and you have your kids and you 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 make decisions that they don't only really affect you it affects your family or sometimes you you're like should I take this? Opportunity, and well, maybe you take the opportunity, but you know it's going to be a lot of stress, and maybe you don't want to put that into your personal life either, because we sacrifice a lot of ourselves as well sometimes. And that's why it's important to have our routines, you know, to make sure that we always have those boundaries. You no, know, of this is the company time, and this is my time that I have to separate it, and for for mental health, basically
0: um well what like you you mentioned routines a couple of times so what what would be your like how do you then create that space where you can actually you know you know separate even though you say it's 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 quite hard because also you mentioned earlier and i totally agree with you your business and your life and your work become intertwined and exactly your, your biggest job is exactly to balance, or I hate the word balance, counter, counterbalance, I would more call it, and make sure that actually it's in, in benefit of all stakeholders, including yourself.
1: For me, I have a strong routine. Like I never, I don't usually book any meetings before 10, because from 7.30 to 10 is my, is the time where I do the hardest tasks, the the ones that I don't want to do, uh, because it's my most productive time. So I always put the task that I hate to do the most first. And then I can get, get on with the day. And usually I, I try not to have any meetings after six, even like five, six. I and then I do a lot of sports. I play football three times a week. And that is kind of then you know, you play football, you only think about the ball, and then we'll go to the pub and just spend some time with the other girls, and it's just you're not thinking about anything else because you can't, because there is so much noise that it's just a good way of disconnecting and it's a forced disconnection because if I'm at home, I may be tempted to check something or to, you know. But if something really bad happens, for sure I will know, as as I know by experience, <laughs> you know. So So I try not to check that much and try to really disconnect
0: yeah and I think that's like the the biggest challenge because you are looking for like a business owner you wonder you know you 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 know there's no big wins often so you're looking for small drips of gratification and which you know the phone even has become like it becomes even more adaptive I think like it's taken me a long time as well to put the phone away when day of work is done because I have a family as well and I have some kids and you can't be present if you have the phone too close to you and there's sometimes you need the phone because there's an emergency but that's a very very rarely that emergency exactly there and if you tell people i'm not responding at that time because i'm together with your family most people say you totally understand that that's not not a problem and i love the idea about you actually you're cracking the hardest things first and i'm really trying to do that and it's the whole eat frogs philosophy from brian tracy you know tackle your hardest tasks first because your brain power is at uh, the maximum for most people at the morning time?
1: Well, I didn't know that this was a theory, but I also feel like that is the best time for me. Some people have their... I have a friend that her most productive time is from 11 p.m. to 1 o'clock at night. That's when she's really creative and very... For me, it's so weird, but, you know, you need to find your own moment of productivity if you want to call it that way yeah
0: and i i call it i i call it my impact zone as well um i'm an early early riser so i'm actually trying to get before the family gets up i'm like you i'm finding out what is that you know i've already decided the day before what the problems i need or challenges or tasks that need to be tackled first and then I will just reconfirm that and I will always try and see if I can get started on one of them or I can get one of them done because that also gives you again a leap into the day in a way and actually trying to get all that finished before 12 o'clock and meetings is the the hardest one to manage. I think in all of that because as you grow your business, more people get involved. There's more demands on you. There's more people that want to talk with you on their terms in a way and then you have to give them a positive no but really really good advice what would be because there's no doubt about you said it before you were inspired by monica and brindisa and their work and and that's built into your business again a business as a force for good um what would your advice be to leaders out there that's trying to figure out i also want to build a business as a force for good but i'm really struggling to find out what is your top advice to people who want to do that
1: i'm very cheesy Michael. i have to say uh, but I would say, like, to to feel more and to follow your heart. I think sometimes we do the right things if we just follow our heart. Like, you know, when, when COVID hit and we were doing all the consultancy and training for free and, and the videos and everything, and there were moments that I have my doubts, you know, because I... You know, my wife says that I do a lot of charity work um, because I try to help people, but it really feels good. And I've never felt bad about it because I always feel I'm helping the community and I'm helping restaurateurs. And and I know that some people tell me, oh, you know, now I understand what I need to do. And 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 that is great. And unless you, you, you allow yourself to feel like, what is really what I want to do? Because just to make money, at least it doesn't, that's not my goal. You know, it's, yeah, of course you want to make, you want to have a profitable business, but you also want to have a good impact in, in the world. And I think if sometimes we would allow ourselves to feel more and think a bit less, I think we would make sometimes better decisions.
0: Really, really interesting. it's like it's uh it's following your purpose and actually put the, the purpose first and let the, the money the money follow in principle, which I actually think is really, really important because actually that the purpose that's gonna drive you the day you don't wanna get out of bed and you really feel that this this is a this is a struggle that's how I feel myself sometimes like that's what drives me to get up and do the work more than oh there's a huge chunk of money in the end of this route this journey I don't know if
1: the money will follow Michael if uh, you know it will follow that much or not but it's, it's <laughs> hopefully but uh, no matter what even what's the outcome you will be happier because and you won't have regrets because I think if we have, if we make decisions based on rational facts, sometimes they may be the the most rational decision, but it's not what is best for us or for the community or for the people that are around you. I think we need to feel it.
0: Yeah, and it's quite interesting. If you don't try, you don't know as well. I always say so, uh, and then you will just go around thinking, "If I just had." done if i just started that business if i just tried to do that if so exactly that's one of the biggest reasons why i also just ask myself well i haven't done this you know i'll just regret i didn't try you know whatever it happens and i agree with you that you can't 100 guarantee but i think if you are following your heart and you're really trying to implement it well of course you need to make some money we talked about profit before but um if you maybe if you really are following your heart, somebody something will maybe come your way you didn't even think about that was possible in a way. Even a rational way, you couldn't come get to that. And um, do you have a book you're gonna give out to people, like your favorite book to give away? Because I can remember we talked about some books before in our conversations. Is it like an, any any favorite book to give away? You know
1: I have a lot of them. Um there were three books I used to give a lot. I will tell you the three, and then my favorite in that sense. Well, I used to, there was like, Who Moved My Cheese? It was Fish and then One Minute Manager, I think. The three of them are very good, but I think maybe the best one was, I read it when I was 18, I think, Uh, Who Moved My Cheese? Because it talks about change and fears and opportunity and, And I I think just for life or business is like, I think you can read it in half an hour and it's just brilliant.
0: It's a brilliant read. And every time you read it, you learn something new. It's one of my, my favorite books. It's actually behind me here as well. And The One Minute Manager, I talk a lot about that. And I give that to anyone that's actually even managing stakeholders or people for the first time. I give them that book. And then that's the leadership training. We talk about that book. That will be the one i've always used and people that listen in that had that i've been working with i've been giving a lot of those book away as well so it's great 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 books and there's another book we talked about once i was actually looking into the other day uh, in the connection with something else i was thinking about you and i don't know if that's one of your favorite book, but that's become one of my favorite books after i've learned more about singermans and bridges and so on Uh, Jack Stack's great game of business, you know, the great game of business, really learning your people to understand what business is all about. In principle, how do you impact the numbers of the business in a positive way? Um, And I still feel that incredible hard to implement. Um, But yeah, that's like, that's the next thing I really want to learn. How do we actually learn able to do the right things with the information they have
1: i'll write that one down i haven't read it <laughs> but yeah we talk a lot about books i you know?
0: <laughs> so so what are you uh, excited about right now what's uh, really in front of you and what you are what are you working towards
1: so we i'm very very excited about our new features um as i said before we have integrated artificial intelligence and you know, the system is able to provide, the app is able to provide straight away all your products and the prices. And there are a lot of things that we also want to develop with the data that we get from there. And I just can't wait to see all the good impact that is going to have in the profitability of, of the restaurants. Um, so I'm really excited about that at the moment and, and see how we can make it better every day for for restaurants because we try to adapt to their needs all the time. We started just like, oh, something in your phone, but it was quite manual. Then we integrated AI, but it was only for the big data. And, and now we're going into the grits, into the little, we are zooming in to get more and more information. So it's easier and easier for them to, to see all the relevant data for um, from the restaurants. So I'm very excited about what the future holds and the use that um, we as a company can do with that and with restaurants, the result and the impact that can have in the profitability of a restaurant. Right now, they when they change to Pendulo, they, when they start using Pendulo, they improve their profits from three to 5%. It's just the fact of start tracking. So suddenly you are like, oh, I didn't know this i didn't know that so we are very excited because our goal is to improve that margin that we are helping them to you know to give for themselves
0: yeah and i guess also that you help them focusing on few things at the time instead of Really trying to do a lot of different things. You they then find out what are the twenty percent that gives eighty percent, and it's like really interesting. There's a having a guest coming on soon. I'm working on uh, somebody talking about AI and how it's actually going to change the world for good or bad. But actually, lots of people that works in high pressure environment, the whole AI thing really will help them accumulate information quicker, so they can make better human decisions. That's that's my view. And of course, it, it, technology is only as good as the people that use it. And that goes with ethics and it goes to how you you analyze the data you get out. Um, but, so it's really interesting to hear from you from your point of view as well that actually that the new features are really helping them nailing down quicker where the focus has to be.
1: Yeah, that's the goal, no? That they can see straight away where they need to take action, you know? So... That, that is the goal, that, you know, the app without them taking action doesn't work. They But the app makes it very easy for them to realize uh, where they have it, the problem. So that's the goal. And about artificial intelligence, it's it's tricky. I think that it can help a lot. It can do uh, a lot of good. I also have um, some friends that work as um, AI, they're AI scientists and they are studying the bias and the the ethics of ai i think it's so complicated that we don't even know it's a very tough topic i think there is a lot of research
0: and i'm trying really to understand it myself because i can see this is like um AI will be, in my view, uh, a game changer, not just for hospitality, but for way of life. It's a bit like the internet, in my view, is like such a huge thing. And you have to, as a business owner, try to understand what it means for you and how you can use it in the best possible way, because it's definitely here. It's not going to go away. It's not like, but it's not going to, I don't believe it's going to take over humans' work. It was probably elevate humans' work, because again, it is machines, in principle so i don't think we have like a, a terminator kind of <laughs>
1: hopefully not hopefully not
0: <laughs> hopefully not but it's like there's definitely positive news for hospitality where there's lots of data and repeated tasks Actually, needs to get to people quicker so they can make quicker decision in the front line that's what you confirmed as well where can people find out more about you pendula and uh is there any places online they should go? And if they want to reach out to you, what do they do then?
1: Yeah. Um, well, our website is www.pendulofforce.com. And they can find me in LinkedIn. Happy to connect. Um, and My email is pillar at Or you can contact us at info at And yeah, we'll be very happy to to have a chat and know more about everyone's business. I love, I love, even when we have meetings and it doesn't materialize as a customer, I love those chats because you you know, talking to everyone in hospitality and getting an understanding is, those meetings are just fantastic. I love it.
0: Great, great, great. So that's an invitation to everybody out there. I send uh, you power and energy on the journey. It's absolutely incredible to have this conversation and uh, Look forward to connect soon.
1: Thank you, Michael. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.
0: I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others, rate or give a review or subscribe to one of our channels, which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. I believe that reading the right books is key to become a better leader. So I've helped you with a curated list of some of the best books to improve yourself, others and the organization. Find them on hospitalitymavericks.com A big thank you to BizSimply for supporting us bringing great insights, strategies and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at BizSimply.com or on their socials at Bitsimply or Simply HQ. You can also email them directly at podcast at Thank you to Fina Charlson, who is the show producer from the Podcast Collective. If you have any ideas and feedback for the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or via my email, michael at hospitalitymavericks.com. I'm Michael Tinkser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be
1: Maverick.